I'm thankful for God. Like Mel was saying, I don't understand His mercy. I don't understand His love, but I'm thankful for it. Amen. Uh, I don't even know if I get to heaven if I'll fully understand how much, why He loves us so much and why He's so merciful. But I, uh, I'm just glad we get to worship Him forever, uh, serve Him, uh, and uh, continue to. Uh, I, we can never repay anything, but I'll tell you what, I, uh, my, I owe my life to Him, so I'm thankful for Him. Uh, but Jeremiah chapter 5, we're going to read the first three verses, skip down and read two more. Jeremiah 5, 1, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, uh, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And, and though they say, The Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Now we're going to skip down to verse 12 and 13. I wish I could do the whole chapter, but I can't. Uh, they have belied uh, the Lord and said, It is not he, neither shall evil come upon us, neither shall we see sword nor famine. And the prophets shall become wind, and the word is not in them, thus shall it be done unto them. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you for its truth. We've already had a uh, felt your sweet spirit of worship this morning. Uh, thankful for the many blessings. You blessed us with so many children and uh, them participating in the worship. Uh, it's just been a blessing. And Lord, as now we come to these last uh, time of worship, as we open up your word, Lord, I pray that you would fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, help uh, teach us, Lord, your word. Lord, uh, that it wouldn't just go into our head, but Lord, we would apply it to our life. And Lord, I pray that you'd open up the altar as well, Lord, for things that we need to work on and for any that are lost. Lord, we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Jeremiah's father was a priest. Uh, he was called in probably his late teens or early 20s. Uh, that's chapter 1, his calling. Uh, he was raised in a, a godly home, but that wasn't enough. Amen, right? He had to choose himself just like we do. He had a personal encounter with the Lord, a relationship with God, and you have to do that as well. Uh, praise God. If you grew up in a Christian household, that is a blessing beyond measure. And I'll tell you what, uh, but that's not enough. You have to come to the Lord yourself. So his calling's in chapter 1. Chapter 2, uh, uh, This uh, it wasn't Jeremiah's opinion that he was receiving, but chapter 2, verse 1, the Lord says, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem. Jerusalem did not like his message. They did not like what the Lord had given Jeremiah. Uh, and so oftentimes they tried to take him out, right? They tried to get rid of him. But when, the, uh, when somebody gets mad at the word of the Lord, right? That's one of the things that you see repeated in this book over and over again is the word came from the Lord and he gave it to the people. When that happens, if you're mad at the messenger, if you're mad at the prophet, if you're mad at the preacher, whatever... You're really mad at God. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Take it out on me if you want. That's all right. But it's really you're angry with God. Amen. They were angry with Jer Jeremiah because they didn't like the message. And here's the thing. If the Bible goes against your life, 
I heard Brian Bear say something really wise. He said, if you're rubbing the fur the wrong way, turn the cat around. Amen. <laughs> Repent. Change. That's what he's saying. You're, you're going against God. And you need to turn. In chapter 2, they start, the Lord tells Jeremiah that they're in trouble. Judah's in trouble. And in chapter 3, um, in fact, this is chapter 3, uh, Judah's in big trouble because they already watched their brothers and sisters in Israel go against God and fall and taken captive. And instead of learning the lesson, Jeremiah 3.10, and yet for all his, uh, this her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned to me with her whole heart, but feignedly saith the Lord. So they watched what happened to Israel, the northern kingdom. They watched it fall because they turned to idols and refused to repent. And, and what the Bible says in Jeremiah 3.10 is that they feignedly, which means they deceitfully, hypocritically said with their mouth, we're going to repent and change, but never did. And the Lord could see that. Repentance is required if you want to be saved. Amen. It comes first. I've said it many times. John the Baptist came before Jesus Christ. He came with the message of repentance. Then right behind it, Jesus Christ came with his gospel message right after that. It's required. But here's the thing. I'll tell you what repentance is not. Repentance is not coming up here, shedding a couple tears, repeating some prayer, and getting up the same way you got down. Amen? There's no magical prayer. It's that desire that you want to turn. And turn from your wicked ways and turn to Jesus Christ. That's what repentance is. Oh, you're sad that you're sin? Yeah, the prisons are full of people sad that they were caught. But do you want to change? Do you want a new life? That's repentance. And Jesus Christ can give that to you. Then in chapter 4, he tells him, you know, in chapter 3, you had your sham, feigned repentance. Chapter 4, verse 3, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. He gives them a farming metaphor. He says, hey, your heart is as hard as the ground gets out there, and you can't plant seed on that hard ground. you got to break it up. Yeah. Amen. Stop being hard-hearted and actually repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Amen. Fear the Lord. Walk by faith. Do his will. Live righteously. Then we get to chapter 5. In our passage, chapter 5, verse 2. And though they say, the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. So first, I want to look at a couple verses in the passage where it talks about what the people are saying. This is their words, right? The, those of Judah, what are they saying? And I'll tell you what, when it comes to the mouth and what we say, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you get a little glimpse of what's going on. But the people of Judah in verse 2, though they say the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. This is the Lord talking. He's saying, I'll tell you what you're hearing out of their mouths you're hearing them say the right things. The Lord liveth, right? He liveth. He, he's God. He's the only God. Uh, uh, we're going to follow him. But the Lord said, surely they swear falsely. They're not telling the truth. They're saying one thing, but their heart is different. And here's the thing. You can profess God with your mouth. And you can fool everyone in here. But you will never fool God. Amen. And neither did Judah. 
They were not following. They were not uh, fooling God. He said, "You're hypocrites and liars." We we went down to verse twelve. They have belied. It's B E L I E D, and we'll have to. I had to look it up. I don't know what that word means. They belied the Lord and said, "It is not He." When it says they have belied the Lord, that means they turned the Lord's word into lies. They've called. They've turned what He said is true into a lie. Hmm. Isn't that what's going on today in, in many so-called churches? Isn't that what we're seeing today? They will take uh, the word of the Lord and they will twist it and twist it enough so that way whatever they're doing is okay, right? They have to do that. There's no way you can fly a rainbow flag out front of your church without twisting God's word or abandoning it completely. You've got to do one or the other. They're twisting it, amen? They're taking the truth about what God calls a sin, twisting it so that way it's okay now. And here's the thing. I can take the Bible and I can pull it out of context and I can twist it and everything else to make it say what I want. But that's not true. I'm not making God a liar. I'm making myself a liar. Amen. Amen? God's word is true. But we have to use it truthfully. We can't pull it apart and, and, and keep pieces and get rid of other pieces. And they're saying uh, this is the response of the people when the prophets were preaching the truth and teaching and giving the message from the Lord. They were saying it is not he. Today we would say it's not going to happen. Right? Jeremiah and others are, are giving this message of judgment and saying, hey, you've got to turn. You've got to repent. You've got to break up the fallow ground. You can't just repent with your mouth and not with your heart. That's right. And they're saying, and, and the prophets are saying, hey, if you don't turn, Judah's going to fall. Jerusalem's going to fall. And they're replying to the prophet, it is not he. It's not going to happen. That's the problem. The Lord's going to, this is the, the prophets were basically saying the Lord's going to judge Israel, judge Judah by sending a Gentile heathen nation to take them captive. And they said it's never going to happen, right? Yes. Here's the problem. It did happen. Yes, it did. But that's for them. What about for us? Yeah. What about for us? I get up here. Bob gets up here. Jimmy's gotten up here. And what do we say? You will stand before Jesus Christ in judgment. Right. Amen? If you are a sinner, you will stand before him in judgment one way, and you will be condemned to hell. If you are a Christian, you will stand before him in judgment, and he's not bringing up your sin. He is taking your life from the point you're saved to the point he calls you home, and he's going to judge you with what you've done with that. Amen. Did you follow his will? Amen. Right? That's what that stuff going through the fire. Did you do it for him or do it for yourself? Or is there any going to be anything left after it's tried? That's going to be us. You know what? Some people would be so bold as to say it's never going to happen. Hmm. A Christian person, never going to happen. And you're thinking, Mike, well, I would never say that. But with your life, you're saying the right thing with your mouth. 
But what about your life? Are you living your life as if you really will stand before him and he really is going to take a survey just like the servant uh, when the master went away to a far country left the servants with something to do. The master came back at an unknown time and he one by one uh, made them give an account for their service. Jesus gave many of those examples. I believe that's what's going to happen to us. But are we living our life as if we'll stand before him or if we're living our life as if it's never going to happen? Because the devil wants us to Live for the here and now and never think about tomorrow. Never think about eternity. But I'm here to tell you, the most important day is today and when we stand before him. What are we doing today? Because we will stand before him. It will happen. But this was the attitude of Judah. We're God's chosen people. We're living right. Whenever the prophet says we need to repent, we just dismiss it, right? If he says we're doing wrong, eh, forget about it. It's not right. He's, that Jeremiah, he's always got the wrong word. Right? That's what they're saying. What happens today? I grew up in church. Right? That's what we say. I've been saved for decades. I come to church. And whenever the preacher touches on something I don't like, I push it away. I ignore it. I excuse it. Right? That's dangerous. That's right. Spiritually. It was dangerous for Judah. It's dangerous for us. Amen. 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 It's dangerous for us. And again, you can take it out on me. But if I'm giving the truth of God's word, if I'm not taking it out of context, if I'm not twisting it uh, out of way, if I'm giving you the truth from God's word, you're not mad at me, you're mad at him. Yeah. Amen. And we need to be mad at ourselves. We can say it's never going to happen, but that's a lie. Look at verse 3. O Lord, are not thine eyes? So we just had the word of the people. Now let's look at the word of the Lord. Uh, verse 3. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They've made their faces harder than a rock. And they have refused to return. He's saying how bad it is. Remember, in verse 2, they're saying the Lord liveth. Verse 3, the Lord's giving Jeremiah a view into their hearts, saying, here's what I see. I see a group of people that are refusing to receive correction. They're refusing to repent. They're refusing to change. You know what that tells me? If they're refusing, they can't claim ignorance. They can't claim, well, I didn't know. I didn't know God wasn't supposed to do that. I didn't know God didn't want me to do that. I didn't know God wanted me to do this instead of that. But the Lord's saying they weren't ignorant of it. They refused it. That means they heard it, they understood it, and they refused it. Listen, if you've come to this church for any length of time, you can't claim ignorance. Because we get into the word. And we make it plain. I don't get up here and try to talk above everybody because really I can't. I'm not that good. And I need it down to my level. And we learn plainly what the Bible says. No tricks. No out of context. We get the passage. I tell you where to turn. You can look at it yourself. We can talk about it later. Amen? We can't claim ignorance. We got his word. Amen. It's been plainly spoken. We can plainly read it. 
But what have we done with it? Are we refusing correction? Are we refusing when the Holy Spirit points things out? Just like Judah was refusing when God's word came to him by the prophets. It's a choice. So you can't blame the prophet. You can't blame the preacher. You made a choice. When something from the God's word, maybe when you're studying it yourself and you see something against your life, you make a choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to stop? I've had to do this. I've had to stop, get on my knees, and say, Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. You're right. And this has got to stop. But, Lord, I need your help. Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Lord, help me with this. And he will. Oh, it may not end that quickly. But I know where to turn. And I know when I start rationalizing and thinking about it, right? When you hit on something and it hits a... Something you don't like, what do we do? Well, let's read that a little more. Does that really mean what it says, right? Is he surely, he really wants us to serve him with all our life? Is that really a reasonable service? You pick anything. And the answer is yes. We have to realize, hey, I've got to change. We're not changing the book. God's not changing. We've got to change. And that's the choice we make. Everything was going great for Judah. They were saying the right things, right? Uh, We're not sure exactly when it was, but it could have been when Josiah was making all of his changes. Because that matches. Remember in Josiah's time, they found the book and they read it. And Josiah, King Josiah realized, oh my goodness, we're not doing what the book says we need to do. And Josiah repented. But the people did not. They just went through the motions to make the king happy. Is that what we're doing? Because it didn't work. It worked for Josiah. It didn't work for the rest of them. Judgment still came. 20 years after this happened, Jerusalem is besieged by King Nebuchadnezzar. And the first group is taken captive. That's Daniel and the three Hebrew children in that first group. 20 years Everything's fine. It's not going to happen. God's never going to send judgment. 20 years later, it happened. Then 20 years after that, so 40 years, Jerusalem would completely fall. And that's why we have the next book, Lamentations. The prophets, everything he said came true and he was sad about it. But this is it. It's going to happen. You can't refuse God. Over and over and over again. And everything be okay. It doesn't work. And finally we're going to go to. Well not finally but next. Verse 13. The prophets. Here, So we had the word of the people. Word of the Lord. Here's the words of the prophets. Verse 13. And the prophets shall become wind. And the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done unto them. There were false prophets back then. Many more than Jeremiah. Many more voices. He was outnumbered. But their prophecies weren't true. They were saying what the people wanted to hear. And what they said would happen didn't take place. So we had people claiming to be men and women of God. Claiming that they had words from God. Claiming that they were uh, preaching the truth and giving the right message from the Lord. But the Lord said it's just wind coming out of their mouth. What would we say today? A bunch of hot air, right? That's what we would call it. Nothing. No power, no authority. Why? Because it's not based on the word of the Lord. 
I'm here to tell you, you can get offended, you can get mad, and you can find plenty of other churches that will only tell you what you want to hear. And the Lord said they had it in that day. And it was just wind. Right? Just wind. They were more popular because people refused to repent. And you refuse long enough, you'll quit listening to the ones that tell you you need to repent. Right? There's people that quit coming to this this church and other churches like it because they were tired of hearing from the Bible and what it really says. There's plenty of prophets then, plenty of prophets, well, today, call themselves plenty of preachers today. They'll give you hot air, right? They'll lift your sails. They'll tell you what you want to hear. They'll bless you and everything else. The Bible says there's no truth to it. Jude, verse 12, says this, describes them as clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. No foundation, no root, no truth, just swaying in the wind, Right? The world blows this way, that that prophet will go this way. The world sways that way, they'll follow him just as quick. Nothing rooted. Isn't that this world? They can't decide what's right and wrong for more than a day. Right? It's funny. The people that were condemning, you know, other people saying how, uh, how what a hater they are and I can't believe how behind in the times they are and everything else. Then I watch a few months later they say something wrong and now they're having to apologize and now they realize how ridiculous it all is. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I can't keep up with this world. Guess what? I don't want to. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know what we can keep up with? The Bible. Yeah. Yeah. The Word. And get in this and get rooted and grounded. And understand what God wants for us. And we've said it lately. You realize the Bible tells us the world is going to do what it's doing. We're not surprised. If you've gotten in this Bible, you know everything that's happening. God said it would happen. It's not a surprise. But I don't want that. I don't want to listen to some guy online who is trying to one-up the other guy online. And they'll say something and do something more ridiculous to get more people. No, no, that's wind. There's nothing to it. Let's go back to verse one, finally. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, if there be any that execute the judgment, that seeketh the truth and I will pardon it. Jeremiah didn't realize how bad it was and God's showing him right here. This is how bad it is. Can't even find one that was genuinely righteous, not just his mouth, that was seeking the truth. Ezekiel 22.30 is very similar. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I don't like that, do you? I don't like it. And in our passage, he must not have found any either because judgment came later. Right? The devil wants us to believe that we will never get into the state that Judah got to. Our church, is, we've got too much history, right? Too many have, have, have done the right things. We're, we're grounded on everything. We're, we're doing all this stuff. And, you know, I, I've grown up in church. I mean, you can just go on and on and convince yourself that we could never go down that path. 
But I'm here to tell you, you look at a lot of these churches that have gone down the path. You don't have to go very many decades, and they were on the path with us, and something changed. I'll tell you what changed. They stopped repenting. They stopped. They got hard-hearted. Oh, they, you can be saved and get hard-hearted on God. You can be saved and say, I'm not going to do that, Lord. It won't be a fun time, but you can do it. I'm here to tell you, this world doesn't need more hard-hearted people. They need people who are willing to change. Amen. Not with your mouth. Not with just our mouth. He said, I want you to turn. Amen. But the great thing is the opposite of verse 1. He said, I couldn't find it. But that tells me on the flip side, all it takes is one. Amen? Amen. All it takes is one that will genuinely live a life different than this world. All it takes is one that will, uh, when the Holy Spirit uh, keys in on something and, and we really get hits us in a spot where we stop and say, yes, I'm going to deal with it, Lord. You're right. I'm wrong. If we could just do that, all it takes is one. And I believe houses will turn. Amen. That we turn uh, the church around, turn the county around, different things around. It takes our people that will genuinely say, you know, you're right, Lord. I'm not too good. I've not come too far that I can't get hard-hearted on you. The Lord's saying, listen, you turn, you receive that correction, I'll pardon you. Yeah. I'll forgive you. Amen. I'll get you right on the right path and watch what we do. Amen? Watch what happens together. They may not like our message of truth, but they need it. Yeah. Amen? They don't need the wind in their sails. The devil is blowing all kind of wind in their sails, telling them what they want to hear. They don't need it. They need the truth. Amen. And guess what? So does the church. Yes. Amen? Amen. Judah needed the church, <laughs> or Judah needed the truth. So does the church. I'm here to tell you, I, listen, I can't stand up here and tell you every time that when God's pointed something out, I've immediately take, taken care of it. That would be a lie. No, far from it. But I'll tell you what, I've never regretted a time where I've admitted I've humbled myself and said, Lord, I need help with this. This is not what you want. I've never regretted a time I've done that. Now, what about you? What about you? We're going to open up the altar. That's